This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's the remix, baby. I am Keen, and you're listening to Sissy That Pod, your favorite RuPaul's Drag Race reaction podcast. And today, I am joined by season four of Drag Race UK's Big Super Light as we discuss Canada versus the World, episode four, the comedy challenge. I apologize to Pixie for triggering her and a comedy challenge when she was sent home. Uh, but we had a really great chat about this week's episode of Canada versus the World and that really vulnerable moment from Isis Couture when she decided to leave the competition. So we get into just sort of the mental health around Drag Race and after Drag Race when it airs. So really appreciative of Pixie for sort of sharing with us her her experience going through the show because it's important to talk about these things. If you've been enjoying this season so far or if you've been enjoying the content throughout the year thank you so much for listening and and, and being along with us for the journey. If you'd like to thank us in a sort of proxy Christmas present there's several things you can do. You can leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast kind of grow in their sort of algorithmic ways. Also, we have a premium feed, which is over at headsofpodcast.com. We are covering Dragula over there. We just finished covering Canada season three. We're going to be doing Italia pretty soon. Um, So there's extra content over there if you are one of those people who watches every single morsel of Drag Race uh, like we are, then that is the place to be. So you can head over to headsofpodcast.com and sign up to that. It would be hugely appreciated. Or you could just follow us on Instagram, give us a like, all that sort of stuff. Any form of interaction is much appreciated. That's the hard sell from me done. Let's get into this episode with Pixie Polite. On this week's episode of The Workroom, James is back temporarily to join me to discuss the next four episodes of Dragula Titans, that is episodes four through seven. During the conversation, we discuss the conversation that's taking place online around the Dragula contestant Coco Kane, who often uses large breastplates, and whether the use of large breastplates in drag, as seen by people like Jimbo, is in some way misogynistic. This started earlier in the year around Jimbo being on um, on the, the Versus World series as well, because... Jimbo does a kind of like extremely over-exaggerated, big-boobed, kind of dumb, blonde, kind of ditzy character. And people said that that's actually quite misogynistic because it's a very misogynistic view of of women. And that like there's a conversation to be had about, you know, when drag queens are in drag and they're 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 giving female illusion of any any kind do they have a responsibility or what to what degree can like misogyny be read into what they're doing so that's over in the workroom our bonus feed of content you can access that by heading over to headstuffpodcast.com and signing up to become a member for only five euro a month we'll see you there hi 
Hi, I'm Neve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerard Farrelly. And we are the hosts of Agony Rants. We have been friends for a long time, and on Agony Rants, we do what we've always done. Talk about people behind their backs and make suggestions on how they can improve their lives. No, we cheer them up on Monday morning and help them with their problems. By meddling in areas in which we are dangerously unqualified. Why don't you join us each week for a new episode? You'll find us wherever you do your listening with special bonus content for subscribers on headstuffpodcast.com. Agony Rants, out now on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Pixie Polite, thank you so much for joining us on Sissy That Pod to discuss Canada versus the world. What's it like seeing your girls Vanity and uh, Victoria Scone up there? Are you excited for the British representation? Um, yeah, I think they've been doing us pretty proud, to be honest, so far. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Team UK all the way, but definitely, in my heart of hearts, more Team Scon. Uh, she is part of the family, um, so it's um, very nice to see her there doing her thing, and I think showing everyone what maybe she didn't have a chance to on her original season. Yeah, 100%. Like, I almost yeah. feel... I almost feel robbed because like the max we're going to get out of her is six episodes and I kind of feel like I want that 10 episode arc for her because like she's so talented. <laughs> I want to see her like kill every challenge. Like uh, I, I I actually love her so much to the point that I worry I'm, I can't bring, uh, you know, impartial opinion to them, <laughs> this podcast sometimes because I'm like, well, I obviously loved Victoria. Maybe not everyone else did. I mean, I don't think you're going to get any impartiality from me because, uh, you know, I, I shan't slog up, slag off my own daughter. It's just not, yeah. it's not the way I go about things. <laughs> yeah, Far too polite for that. Yeah. I feel uh, like she's to her face, yeah, but I won't come in public. Sure, <laughs> uh, have you found that this season so far? I've actually been really enjoying it. Mm. I think, um, you know, I think UK versus the world number one had uh, a mixed review. So I think this second iteration, you know, Canada versus the world, um, I think, you know, people had mixed ideas about how, what it would be, but I think it's been quite camp. I've enjoyed it similarly in the way I enjoyed All-Star 7 because it just seems more relaxed. Mm. Like, they're, you know... Obviously, there's always going to be pressures in the competition because it is a, you know, high-pressure situation. But I think it's been nice to see people sort of... I don't know... Just relax. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's it's felt very fun to watch. That feels like they're having fun. Yeah, like I I genuinely think, and we'll get into the moment of ISIS later on. But I feel like we got the best demonstration of the sisterhood from a viewer's point of view in this episode. In terms of when they all scattered around her and they gave her a hug, and it feels like the the competition's almost second. It's just like love and appreciation between the contestants is is first. And I feel like that's very, it's very Canada that that's the way it's it's done. I kind of feel like you wouldn't get that in the US. Well, I know, probably not as much. And also, like, in a way, I think, I mean, obviously, we will get on to ISIS, so I don't want to talk about it too much until later. But um, I did enjoy watching them all interact in that moment. Because usually when someone goes home, they just go. But that was a full full moment of sisterhood i really did enjoy that actually yeah absolutely coming into this week's episode we are we have uh like i guess it's a cameo improv challenge i guess this was was the brief of this queenie vids was what it was called yeah. uh which was i actually think it was it was fun like some 
some mini challenges of late have been a bit kind of like why am I watching this but I actually thought this was really fun and it was like really fun to see them sort of like you know riff yeah I mean essentially it's like a mini improv challenge isn't it mm. um, and you know sometimes they'll repeat challenges or the you know it gets a bit samey but I think it was like quite a clever way of bringing something in from you know the queen's own experiences of being on drag race and bringing that in and then being able to make fun of themselves and everyone else. Mm. I thought it was like quite genius to be honest. Yeah. No, I thought it was it was very fun. I think it's the only other than the awful reading challenge that we had earlier on in the season. I mean, let's not get into it. Let's not get into that. <laughs> it's the only mini challenge we've had. So I feel like this was like a fun sort of redemption. Yeah. For for everybody involved. I mean, I'd forgotten about that reading challenge yeah. until you mentioned it. So yeah, it obviously worked. Because yeah. they were all quite funny this week in the mini yeah. in, you know. Queen Queenie Vids challenge. Yeah, definitely. And I, like, it's often I'll laugh out loud, like in a hysterical way, at things on Drag Race. Um, and that was one of those times. So I loved it. Who'd you laugh at? I mean, kind of just everyone. <laughs> I think it's also maybe the way they edited it, but it was just so. It was very snappy, joke, mm. joke, joke. Um. Yeah, I can't. I can't pick out one person. I thought they were all great. I, I mean, was it Raj who won that? Yeah, Raja won, and I think that, like, based on the edit that we were given, it seemed yeah. fair. Like, she, she has a great proclivity for for coining a catchphrase. Like, she, you know, yeah. I think she says are, are incre- like instantly repeatable. So you can see how it kind of it made sense for her. Um, yeah, I mean, she was really funny. Like, I, the only, I remember what she said for some of it. So, like. If it's memorable, it must be good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the bit where she was like, it's the remix, baby. Like, that's what I remember the most. Which is just, that was very fun. Um, So, yeah, like we were talking before we recorded, this week was the comedy challenge. I didn't know, you know, what it was we went when we put this date in the diary. Um, well, <laughs> I might have to put in an HR complaint, actually. Um, that you would actually really upset me in this way by making me talk about a comedy stand-up challenge when that's when I went home. <laughs> yeah. I, but I'm interested. Also, it's fine. I I love comedy. I think um, you know, I can I can appreciate a good good set. So um, I mean, I didn't give the greatest, but it wasn't that bad. I don't think. Um, so I actually really enjoyed this challenge. This episode. I'm interested to know, like, how did you feel? How do you feel they represented your set? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I think that I stand by my material 100%. I definitely think do think my delivery was not great. Um, and, you know, after the first couple of jokes when they weren't getting laughs, I did sort of, I think, give up a bit. Um, but overall, yeah, no, I stand by all of my jokes and stuff. I think um, if situations have been different, I could have done really well. But I mean, kind of is what it is. Yeah, and also, I will just say regarding the edit, and here's the tea for you. <laughs> um, you know, there was one person in that episode who gave a great roast. That person won. And then there were, th- what, three other, no, four, four. of us mm-hmm. left who were all absolutely dog rough. (laughs) Some of them got a lovely edit with all the silences and pauses cut out and lots of laughs put in. And some of us 
only me, I will say, had an edit where it felt like there was just silence the whole time. There was no laughing. But also, you know, I can't really hold that against them because, you know, they've sent me home, so they need the edit to reflect that. So kind of is what it is. Um, I felt sort of the same way on the Satch game, to be honest. I thought a lot of my funnier moments were not in there to order, you know, to try and justify where people ended up. But, like, whatever. I wasn't great at that either. So it's fine. Yeah, that's the thing. The thing I guess I've realised now that I do this podcast and I watch the show in a lot more detail than, like, I might do, you know, when I was just just a fan is is exactly that that the edit is actually reverse engineering what happens and trying to tell you why this yeah. was what why the judges thought of it rather than these are all fair um edits of someone's performance yeah because i actually think the audience get more annoyed when it looks like it was an unfair outcome so yeah, you have exactly. to reflect kind of you have to kind of sell the good and the bad to the audience and i think in this episode I think because they knew no one was go like no one goes home at the end. I think they all gave everybody a pretty good edit on the stand up because I think everyone did pretty well. Uh, whereas you could see someone like Vanity, they could have easily given her a really bad edit of what she what she did. Yeah, I mean it was overall not I think maybe the strongest of stand up challenges, but like I think you're right. No one bombed. Mm-hmm. No one really did like badly. Um. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Before we get to the stand-up challenge, though, uh, they have the walkthrough with with Gary, Janetti, and Brad, like a little power couple there. Uh, and that was kind of fun. And it was interesting to see, like, Vanity was kind of almost so shocked that, like, she got such good feedback. And she goes on a really <laughs> interesting journey this, this because, you know, because she's like, oh, this is going to be awful. I didn't, you know, I wasn't happy with how I did in season three. Then, like, girl you're killing it and she's like oh loads of confidence and then unfortunately then obviously whatever nerves get to her in the end um but yeah i thought i thought they gave good advice like to everybody i thought like they seemed like they you know i actually the only thing i wouldn't have said is i would have probably dropped the rita baga starting in french bit i don't know how well that worked yeah i think so because i think you know as much as it's like relevant because she is a french speaker from canada i think if you're on an it is canada versus the world Mm -hmm. but it is an international platform where like i don't know i just think maybe for a wider audience you lose some of the humor at the beginning if like people can't understand it yeah it's like i i if it was me if i was brooklyn heights um could have easily seen a way of putting her in the bottom as well like having three of them like you know or swapping her out for someone do you know what i mean i think it you're right this episode is sort of very everyone's similarly on a on a track apart from i think victoria who absolutely annihilated everyone in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) both on the runway and in the challenge (laughs) no arguments there uh yeah yeah i think it was just for me personally i think the french bit went on too long like i could see what she was doing but it was like it it took whatever 30 seconds to get to the first joke and when you're set uh, is edited down to 
75 seconds it just kind of felt too long but after yeah. that I, I i thought i thought she did actually quite i mean a good to job. be honest it's it might actually uh, it might actually i don't know really the specifics of her situation but like it's probably quite hard to think of jokes in another language mm. like, i know she is bilingual but i'm presuming that her main you know native brain tongue is french yeah, I so, think so. She must have had like a lot of a harder time doing this challenge than the others. So you've kind of got to give her props for that as well, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And I do worry, like I like I would love for these versus the world casts to be to encompass more of the seasons internationally. Like I'd love to get Spain up in there and you know, like France and the Philippines and stuff. But I think language unfortunately will be a huge barrier while they yeah. maintain to have like comedy challenges, you know, unfortunately. So after after the run through, we come back in and uh, Isis kind of has her moment of just like not, not, does not have her head in the game. She seems really upset and they have that lovely moment where Raja goes up to her and kind of just talks to her and lets her know, you know, that it's important for her to put her, herself first. And like, I actually think the moment, part in the talking head where she, where Raja says, you know, Isis doesn't owe anything, owe us anything. And it looks like right down the barrel of the camera. She doesn't owe you yeah. anything either. Like, I think that's a really important point as well. It was really yeah. sad to see. Like I was, de- I was, you know, I was sobbing watching it definitely. And yeah, I just thought, you know, fair play to her. It's an important conversation to have. And I think it was handled very well. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a conversation we've had a lot recently, like with baby as well mm-hmm. on UK four. Um, you know, we as LGBTQ plus people, um, I think we find it hard to like maybe deal with some of the things that we have to navigate through in our lives. And I think if you add on top of that, if you're already struggling to go into a competition that is like, to be honest, one of the hardest things I've ever done, I can't speak for other people, but Mm -hmm. it is a pressure cooker. It is, I mean, pardon my french but a complete mind fuck like you're away from everything and everyone you know thrust into a new environment where if you speak on camera knowing it's going to be viewed around the world and you're going to get judged for everything you say and do like it's intense very intense and if you add as isis was saying you know problems at home that maybe you can't switch your brain off from Mm. must be the worst absolute worst so yeah, absolute props to her for saying, do you know what? I don't need to do this. I need to like focus on myself because I think that's more important than any crown. I mean, she's already got a crown. <laughs> she's already got one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. And it was nice to see the girls rally around and have that moment of sisterhood. At the same time, though, they were probably all sat there thinking, well, <laughs> gone. <laughs> because let's be honest, she's been doing great. Like, I think 100%. any week so far, she could have been in the top any week. Her runway has been insane. Um, so, yeah, lovely to see the sisterhood, but I'm sure one or two of them were also thinking, but now <laughs> I've got someone out of the way. That's one know. one of four spaces in the finale that has just freed up for me. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, as long as she's feeling okay, like I, I saw some clips of her at Roscoe's for the viewing party and like she seemed emotional, but like hopefully the fact that she's, you know, out doing that for the viewing parties and stuff means that she's doing a bit better and I hope mm. she is, you know, if she ever hears this, then I hope, you know, we send you our love. 
Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, I like how how did you find the the competition from from the outside in looking at the, the outside the, in <laughs> <laughs> you know looking at this person who's who like this this scriptless selective reality that we see on TV it felt like you had felt a lot of pressure on the show would you say that's fair yeah i think um a lot of it was pressure i put on myself though mm. because I kind of went into the competition sort of knowing what to expect in terms of, you know, the filming process and stuff. Cause I've had, you know, several friends helped them go through it like at the, by the point I'd gone. So I kind of, in terms of all that, I kind of knew what to expect, but I think you can never be prepared really for like the absolute marathon that it is. Like, and I know girls say all the time, you know, drag race is a race like it's a it is it's a race it's a marathon and no matter how strong you are at some point it's going to start getting to you because you you know you're isolated from everything and everyone you know and you've you've you're essentially being like a performing animal at circus like 24 hours a day and then when you're not you're hidden away and then you do it all again the next day like we would we were up sometimes five or six in the morning out of the hotel back at like 10 or 11 or midnight at night. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, so like even just physically like exhaustion wise, like it's hard, but I, yeah. And I think the, the further into the season it got, I, I, that did sort of slowly start to get to me. I felt myself going a bit on autopilot sometimes um just to survive um but you know i th- i think mentally the main struggle i had while i was there was the pressure i was putting on myself because i felt like i had a lot to prove and i felt like i had a lot that i wanted to achieve because you know t- you know i i'm sure you know uh, me and tia been doing drag together for many years and we we're very very close and I saw her go through the her experience on her season, specifically out of all my friends who've done it, and how um, how hard it was, and how I felt personally that she was mistreated by various um, situations or people. And I kind of went in with the idea that I wanted to just do her proud because because our our drag careers have been so intertwined. I felt like. I put a lot of pressure on myself to to do better than her and to show people that we were, you know, we were Drag Race material. And that's something that me and her, even before Drag Race, had to prove from when we even started drag. Um, you know, getting onto sort of the scene that we were, we were on, you know, was very difficult and people didn't really take us seriously. Um so yeah, I had a lot of pressure on that. I knew that the Brighton Curse was a thing and I didn't want to get hit by that. Um, and mostly I think I was just fighting my own insecurities the whole time and the further in it got, the more in my head I got because I thought, well, I've won a girl group challenge, but it was a group win. And since then I've been close a couple of times, but not got it. So what have I got to do? Oh, I'm not good enough. I guess I'll just go home. That's kind of it's it started here. We went up and then it sort of just slowly went down. 
Mm. So, long story short, because I ramble. No, um, please. It's really hard. So send ISIS a lot of love. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I wonder, and I guess this is different from people to people. And I guess maybe, you know, I don't see you when you're recording it. I only see it when it's airing online. You know, I don't see you at all, but I see, you know, your, your online presence. Is it as difficult to, like, is it more difficult to watch it, have it air, have to deal with online trolls, etc., than it is to be uh, there? I mean, for me it was, because despite the pressures maybe that I could see in hindsight I was under, like, there wasn't a moment where I didn't love it while I was there. Like, every single moment, every single day, no matter what was going on, no matter if I was crying one minute or, like, annoyed the next like I I loved every second of it and I wouldn't change it um but yeah the experience of like watching it back was definitely a lot harder because the fandom sometimes can be a bit fickle and you know predictable in their biases shall we say um there are always certain queens who are automatically going to be favorites and unfortunately that means that the rest of you are sort of fighting out your battle and you've kind of got to do something that they deem, I guess, worthy in a way for for them to really stand you, I guess. And like, don't get me wrong, like I get a lot of love and I do. I love having the love. I love, you know, someone being like, oh, my God, are you pixie. Like, I love it because it, it makes me feel like I've done something worthwhile and it makes me feel good. But um, I certainly felt. Even from just the promo of our season, um, before it even aired, even, uh, I was like, right, okay, I'm not really getting any attention. And if I am, it's sort of a bit like negative or lackluster. And it started, sort of started airing and I thought, okay, well, I thought I had done well and I was fun, but people aren't really vibing. That's okay. Like, whatever. And then, you know season carried on further and suddenly I became like the devil incarnate to some people because I sent Dakota home. I was just like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one, isn't it? But even like, even like that there, like, quote, sending Dakota home, like you fought to be in a competition. Yeah. And so I'm not going to just sit down and be like, bye. <laughs> like, what, what do they want me to do? Right. Anyway, that was our, you know, our mental health moment. It was important to discuss. Thank you for sharing all of that. I know I lobbed a personal question actually there out of the blue, uh, but it's, it's important to share. And and, and I think uh, I think ISIS. I think this is actually the best that um, Drag Race has done when it comes to mental health so far. And it's good to see. It's good yeah. To see it. Yeah. Well, I think it was good because usually when someone leaves because they're having a hard time, they just go, mm-hmm. and they don't sit and express their feelings. They don't. Um, have a conversation with the girls, they just go. And I think it was quite refreshing for Isis to open up in the workroom and then to see her talking about it in confessional afterwards and, like, really have that wider conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes when people leave in that way, you know, as as viewers, we're like goldfish. So they'll be gone and then suddenly that's it. But having all of that conversation, I think maybe makes it stick a bit more with people. Because is yeah. that, like, I know, I know you're not allowed to talk about things behind the scenes and stuff. But is that actually how it played out when Baby left? 
Like, I always figured you guys kind of oh, knew she was going to do no, it. But what was... you saw was what happened exactly. Really? Okay. I'm sure there were a couple, I think there were a couple of the girls who, like, maybe Baby had confided in properly during the process. But generally, when she was struggling, I mean, Baby's a, Baby's a very strong and proud person. And I think in those moments where she was having a really, really hard time, like on set and specifically, she was very good at sort of going off to another room with the queen team or, you know, separating herself. And I think um, some of the girls were more aware of that than others, but I don't think even those ones who maybe were aware ever thought that she would leave, especially not in that way. It was very dramatic. Um, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm, very proud of baby um because i think she did very well the whole season and like, even in the ruse squad i didn't think she was that bad like i thought she was good um and i think she had a great showing and i think she did herself proud and i think it's classy to to see the episode through like if that's what she was going to do like and leave i think it, um if she felt like she had the strength to get through it i think it's good like she got one last chance to walk the runway. She got one last chance to lip sync, which is literally what she does, like to show what she can do. And then she got to look Rue in the eye. Rue had, had invited her there and say, thank you, but I need to go. That I thought she like did great personally. Yeah. And always there's, there's those stupid people who are like, oh, she was afraid to lip sync against blah, blah, blah. And I think it was like, I no, I did it. say that all the time yeah. though, don't they? Like when Ginny walked out, um, everyone was like, oh, she squandered opportunities some other like queen could have had. It's like, well, no, because she was the queen that was chosen. Mm. Not ruined anything for anyone else. She's just she's made the decision that she needs to do what she needs to do. So Yeah, I was just heartbroken she left. I loved her so much. Uh, <laughs> the, the, actually both baby and Ginny, I loved them both so much. <laughs> um Yeah, and I guess well, like slightly jumping forward. Well, no, we'll get to it later, I suppose. Let's get on to let's get on to this this roast. Let's get the roast a cooking. So well, I thought we roast a comedy challenge. I guess uh, <laughs> um, we, yeah. we might be roasting. Raja was up first. Um, I first of all loved her look. Uh, that sort of purple look with with the with the corset and everything. I thought was amazing. I felt this was very like Cheddar's. And again, you were in the room for Cheddar, so I don't know. Mm. In a way that it was like, although there, it wasn't a laugh you know a high laugh per minute in the thing i just found her very engaging and listenable and you could sit there and listen to her and you wouldn't i like i wouldn't be like if this was in a comedy tent at a festival or something like that i wouldn't be checking my watch to be like god this is you know this um, this is awkward i'm, I'm not enjoying this I, per- I found her very enjoyable she's very engaging it just wasn't side splitting yeah i mean i think um it's interesting because she had the job of opening the show. And I think there's an element of, oh, I've got to be the gentle opener. I've got a host. Like in the real world, in that kind of show, the host would be there. They wouldn't be doing a full set. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if maybe she fell into the trap of, oh, I'll tell a few sort of more anecdotal, longer jokes to get them going for the ready for the first act. Because it it's weird because Drag Race is not, the real world mm-hmm. like what you would do to open a, a comedy show in the real world is not what you do on drag race for a challenge and in the same way you said just now like you know if you watched it in a comedy tent like you'd enjoy it 
yeah you know we're not in a comedy tent you've only got so long and you need to go a mile a minute essentially in every challenge on drag race it's not normal circumstances and i think sometimes when people under deliver that's what the issue is mm -hmm. and also like um, it, it's it's writing a set that is going to be edited down in its final form like i mean i guess yeah you know I guess in the room you are trying to impress the judges first of all, but also with the back idea, you know, the idea that it's also supposed to be able to be more clickbaity as well. Yeah, it needs to be like joke, 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 punchline, punchline that they can edit down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, like I liked it. Again, this might also be a symptom of everyone getting a kind of nice edit because ISIS had already left at that point. I actually. I kind of found how Brooke dealt with the ISIS thing, I don't know, a bit underwhelming. Like, I kind of would have liked them to address that ISIS wasn't going to be there. For the roast. At the, at the top. Because they do yeah, the they roast. Yeah, like at the end, didn't they? Yeah. Was it after the runway? It was after the runway, before the critiques, and it was all done in post. Like, it was, like, you can tell it was Brooke's voiceover after the recording. Like, whatever she said in the moment, obviously, yeah. was used. I would have liked it addressed sooner than that. Because we are like yeah, goldfish, I mean, like you said. I do think it's weird that no one spoke on it. Yeah. Because it would have been easy to be like, you know, welcome to the such and such roast. And then take a second to be like, okay, queens, blah, blah, Isis has left us and it's very sad, blah, blah, blah. Take a moment to like punctuate the point about mental health mm. and then just say, but the show must go on. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. And then Raja walks out. Yeah. Like it, would, it would have been easy to do it that way. I'm not sure why they didn't. Um, yeah, maybe sure. it's a legal thing. <laughs> when know. in doubt, maybe it's a legal thing. Yeah. <laughs> Vanity was next. And after a, you know, incredibly positive run through with Gary and Brad, um, the the jokes still seemed to be pretty solid. It was just it was the it was the checks notes really thing that I think that let her down. And uh, I just yeah, you felt bad. Like you just you just felt bad. You could hear the awkwardness and the nervousness in her voice. And I was really rooting for her to do well because like I think if she'd been able to deliver those jokes as we saw them earlier on and with that clueless inspired runway, I think she would have been in the top. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it earlier on. Um... The pressure, I think, got to her because I was was it the stand up roast in her season that she went home? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, going into All Stars, there's already a lot of pressure to, like, be better. I think if you're like, OK, well. This is what I did the worst and I got sent home. Mm. It's either going to galvanize you into being great because yeah. you've, like, you've got something to prove or at the last minute, it's going to make you buckle. And I think she just buckled. Also, like, I think you've, what you've got to remember as well, all these queens and all whatever season it is, they don't all do the same thing. Like, Vanity is primarily a dancer, a lip syncer. Like, mm -hmm. she's not spending lots of time on the mic, um, you know, interacting with an audience or cracking a joke. So... This is going to be a challenge that was always going to be harder for her. But I think considering all of those various things, I'm like, she did well. Like, yeah. it wasn't the best, but she wasn't, she didn't suck. Some of her jokes were camp. Like, she was taking the piss out of Canadians and 
you know, being glamorous. So yeah. why not? But that's it. But like, I love the outfit. I'm just I'm just reviewing the outfit while we're talking about it. Like stunning, sparkling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And I remember actually her look for the pearly gates roast in in season three as well. Like she looks the best there. She had that gorgeous like yeah. angel inspired look. Um. Yeah. It was it was brilliant. Uh, yeah. And this. It was just, I think it was purely just the delivery. Like, I think, you know, reading those jokes written down, they were funny. They just needed to be told like, to knock it out of the park. Like, you know, I think that was just... I mean, yes, it's, it's very similar to me, I think. Like, I had some decent jokes, but I didn't tell them well. But it doesn't mean some of it wasn't funny. Yeah. Like, some of it was really funny. Yeah, definitely. Rita was up next. We've already discussed her uh, her little accent bit at the start. But mm-hmm. that joke about, you know, when French people have sex, it's all like, oh la la, c'est bon. And then like the joke where English people who speak English have sex. It's all like, fuck me, daddy. Like she shouted out. <laughs> yeah. That was such a brilliant joke. I really liked that. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's always something to, funny to be said in uh, discussing those cultural differences. And I think... Um, <laughs> She she did put the nail on the head that uh, Americans, the British, anyone who speaks English really is uh, probably just a bit more crude. <laughs> oh, well, like, I think that I was... Think it's a, maybe our sense of humour. Well, I'm sure the French are just as... French speakers are just as dirty as, as oh, English speakers. But, but in was, a different way, yeah. in a romantic kind of way, you know. <laughs> you, you don't think the French are felching, no? You don't think it's like... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> well, if they are, they're not saying, mon père, mon père. <laughs> Fell chez moi, yeah. <laughs> selling, saying, mon dieu, oh, zut alors. <laughs> uh, to be honest, yeah, I, she was she was okay. Like, again, like, I don't think anyone did particularly bad, but I don't think anyone did particularly good. I, I mean, I don't like her outfit for the roast. Mm. I think it makes her look a bit boxy. Yeah. Um. But it's it's a shame because I think Rita's such a naturally funny person. Like she's great at characters, she's great at physical comedy in terms of acting and facial expression and like she does have a sort of joy to her. Mm-hmm. It's a kookiness. Yeah. And I guess that, that, yes. can, that can yeah. be hard to to channel through stand-up. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just like, oh, this is weird, mm. rather than translating the funny. But again, if it was, if it was Rue, you'd be more com- like I would be more confident that you could probably get away with a really sort of kooky Monty Python style willow pill in the bathtub salsa. Yes, yeah. because this is the thing at, the, at Rue's heart. Rue is an absolute freak. Yeah, Rue loves weird things. She loves anything strange. Like if you like, do you remember Jimbo's talent show? Yes, Rue was absolutely dying. You want some mama? <laughs> <With the baloney. laughs> yeah, like she exactly. loves all that. She does. Whereas I'm not sure how how game Brooklyn would have been for us. <laughs> Maybe not. No. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Victoria then was up next uh, and she kind of 
I heard her tweet that she actually was at her period for this episode, which I thought was a funny, funny little uh, mm-hmm. add on there. I loved the joke about the splash zone, but the best joke was definitely that finger joke, um, which, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. One, two, three, four fingers. Yeah, really, really clever. And again, a really, really fresh perspective that could only really be provided by an AFAP performer. Yeah. And a, another thing that just goes to show, like, why haven't we had this on before? Yeah, I mean, as far as roasts on Drag Race go, sometimes like it's hard now to do something that isn't predictable or hasn't been done, mm-hmm. like for stand-up. And I think, um, well, first of all, she looked hilarious. Were they like, apples with, on like, her shoulders or were they peppers? Were they apples? I can't really tell. Is it chilies? They were either a red bell pepper or an no, apple. I couldn't tell. Okay, give her a text. <laughs> she already looked hilarious. She yeah. was giving me full, like, 90s lesbian comedian at the comedy store 100%. vibes, yeah. which automatically is a sleigh. And then, yeah, like, she's offering something new in her comedy that we've never heard on the show before. And not only was it, like, a new perspective or sort of vibe, it was just really well done i think that she has a great sense of timing and i think that comes from her many many years in the theater mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i loved it i don't I mean, really have much to say other you than obviously that. know her you know very well but from my point of view like someone who's only ever sort of engaged with her tendentially online because i tried to stay offline and via this show because she's so good at having those earnest conversations about the word fish or misogyny in in the mm-hmm. queer community or what it's like as a female drag queen etc you don't I, I haven't got too much opportunity to actually see her be funny and be dirty and be fa- like it's still new to me and she kind of has that conversation with herself during the walkthrough to be like oh I'm trying to put a, like a brakes on my crudeness but I was like I don't know you as somebody crude yet. I haven't had that opportunity. So, you know, yeah. say whatever you want. Yeah, 100%. And I think um, I think it's sometimes the way she speaks as well gives off sort of a sense of very polite, prim and proper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when you hear someone who speaks like that say these filthy things, it kind of makes it funnier, which probably also stood in her favour. I love someone who can make jokes about themselves. It was all sort of uh, jokes about, you know, her own vagina and her own experience and um, being plus sized and like taking the piss out of herself mostly, but like also in a way that um, other people can understand and enjoy. I think it was very clever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was very clever. Finally, then, a totally different style of comedy. Like Victoria's. You know, I had the note here, incredibly professional. Like, you can mm-hmm. see that at a stand-up gig. It was, it was like, it was finesse. Like, you could tell everything she'd written was pretty much prepared. But it was professed and really well delivered. And, you know, you could expect her to be doing that every night and getting laughs. Well, yeah, and the it other... looks like she's been on tour. Like, she's doing this set twice a night, four times a week. Exactly. And, and she's, she's got it down to the, you know, it, it's, it's perfect for him. Silky's, though is the total opposite. It feels so <laughs> off the cuff and genuine and funny in a way that like she could have went out tomorrow and told it again and I could have bombed. You know, it's so, a way like it was like, it was so off the cuff and good. But yeah, like, it just I mean, different. at least it, it feels like it was like 
prepared but also performed in a way that felt off the cuff mm. well that's because what stand-up like, is right yeah i mean well yeah great stand-up is always that but mm. i think um that sort of like ease with an audience already puts an audience in like the mode where they're like okay we can be relaxed with this person so we're gonna have a good time yeah which i think is great and i think as well like you know Sometimes off the cuff can be too off the cuff. See Jasmine Masters in All Stars. <laughs> the details. Um, but I think she like struck a great chord. You could tell she had jokes and she knew her punchlines, but she was talking around it in a way that felt very familiar. Mm. Um, I mean, she's already a large personality who's inclined to be funny. So, yeah, I mean, I thought she did great. I think, you know, would I have put her in the top i like based on the episode as a whole i'm not sure but we'll like get, we'll get to the look but we'll get to that later on <laughs> i mean I, I think you know normally the main the main challenge is worth what it's like 80 20 split or something like that like i think not not if you ask starlet not so if you, not if you ask starlet of the mark <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah i probably would have put them in the top two but it was really good the, the moment though when she threw the seasoning at Brooke and it like fell and like burst open <laughs> around the audience, I just thought it was like, why does anyone think that was a good idea to throw this like heavy bit of seasoning? I don't know. That was strange. Well, I can't really tell. Like, is it a glass bottle? No, I think it's plastic. <laughs> I mean, regardless, no one should ever ask gay people to do sports because That's that throwing and catching was awful. Um <laughs> I mean, weird that she would bring her a housewarming present, though, also, because this is Brooke's, like, fourth season hosting. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, oh, Cam... It, it was a prop from the from the producers, surely. Like, it was... Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, think Brooke wanted to have her moment of the joke of tasty it and giving that reaction. But, yeah. Didn't quite work out. <laughs> asking gays to throw, never. Oh, throw absolutely it. not. Yeah. So that was the challenge onto the runway, Plaid Girls Club. First up was Raja. She kept mentioning this was Sherlock Holmes inspired. Was that just because it was plaid? Like, you know, there was normally all the references when it comes to face keenies or like Lee Bowery and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, well, it was, was kind of them. giving me like uh cat burglar in a way, but mm-hmm. like, you know, English countryside cat burglar. Um, you know, they'd they'd been on a hunt at Downton Abbey and then they were off to rob the bank or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, in breaking the, into the hunting club. And like, she was sort of sneaking around with her mm-hmm. big bag. Um, so yeah, I didn't really get Sherlock Holmes. No. I don't know really what I got. <laughs> but I liked it. Yeah, I me too. The combinations were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, she's sort of giving us purple adjacent with it. Um, but I love the yellow. I think... Obviously, well, you couldn't really see much of her skin, but I think yellow always looks great on her. Yeah, golden, um, yeah, yellow and purple. She often uses, and these were kind of it was like it was almost like golden wine. It was like slightly off both of them. Yeah, it worked really well. Um, Vanity then I, was up next as yeah. Dion from Clueless, uh, but with more like you know almost avant garde shoulders or whatever. I thought this was brilliant. This was a really close like for like with the original. A great reference for plaid and brilliant like vanity doesn't often go for those 
at like camp uh, reference yeah camp references she it tends to be kind of more almost like feathers and plumage and stuff like that or, or like black culture yeah. so yeah i really thought this was a great great twist for her yeah me too but i still felt it like it was very on brand because it was giving me you know obviously she's making a reference to pop culture but she's doing it in a black way because yeah. she is you know that's what she wants to show like excellence and i don't you know i thought it was great and i think it's a clever interpretation of the theme plaid girls club because number one you're wearing plaid great you've tick mm-hmm. plaid girls club it's you know that reference clueless it's it's very sort of high school mean girls like vibes which is bad girls like i yeah. thought it was like clever in two ways and i thought she looked great i love the shoes oh yeah no definitely yeah th- those are really thick um hot heeled boots um that were great and even like even what you're saying there bad girls club the reality show is is tends to pretty much bank off pugnacious black women for their drama like you know so yeah it definitely is and you know she could have dressed as Cher but no she chose to highlight the the black character in the show who yeah. is, is is just as strong so yeah the very vanity really strong look well she you know she's very vocal about representation and mm-hmm. mama that's what she gave us yeah. I, I think it was great uh, Rita was up next with a similar reference but Emily in Paris this time uh, I liked this I didn't love it. Um, I like this for like drag on the daily. I don't like this for an all stars runway. Okay. I don't think it's maybe refined enough. Kind of gives me like, oh, well, I had this already made, so I'll wear it. Yeah. Um, like I love the size of the hat. I think it's really camp. And I overall, like, I like it. I would wear it. I think there's elements that I would change. Like I don't know why there's this purple like bow and belt but with a red shoe. Like for me, if you're gonna do purple bow and belt, do a purple, purple shoe, shoe. Or you do red bow belt and shoe. Like because the purple's just an extra colour that didn't need it to be add added. Yeah. It's pink and red. Yeah. Um I mean she looked nice. I just don't think it really gave runway for me. I did feel it was very French, though. That sort of like that sort of pink, yeah. pink plaid is very French. I also felt it was like almost kind of like go to a little patisserie. You'll get your you know little box <laughs> in that pink plaid. Mm. Um, so I got the like the French, but then sometimes I'm like, well, I know she's French, so maybe I'm seeing French. I don't know, but I I felt it it worked <laughs> in the aesthetic of her world as a drag queen. Yeah, for sure. Like it was still very her, but I think you know. I think, mo- well, I say all the runways were strong. We've not spoken about Silky yet. And no. um, <laughs> Like, there was a couple of very strong runways, and I think in comparison, like, it maybe wasn't enough. Yeah, probably. That's fair. And, like, possibly a case to put her in the bottom rather than Raja, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Vicky is up next. Asymmetrical blazer inspired by when she used to wear her dad's blazers as a kid. Uh, I liked that she... You know, called out the Lawrence Cheney reference and how she's always <laughs> repeatedly misidentified as Lawrence Cheney online. Yeah, this is this is this is exactly what I want from Victoria Skillen. Yeah, I think 
I loved it because of the reference to being like little and dressing in her dad's clothes. For me, that gives story. Mm-hmm. Like it's essentially, you know, she's essentially talking about her first time being in drag, wearing men's clothes, which I think is very cool, especially after her runway the other week. I think it's so clever. It's utter high camp, but it's also so fashionable and so avant-garde. Like, I can't fault any single point of this runway. If I had to, I would say I kind of wish in a way that, like, the large part of it maybe opened up or, like, do you know what I mean? I don't really... But overall, I think, like, it was very clever. The colour palette is stunning. Um, And she's told a personal story, which I think is always great on the runway. Yeah. Like, love it. 10 out of 10. Give her the crown now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, people might argue that would you have got the personal story from just like at the runway? Maybe not, but it doesn't really matter. Like I think, like you said, it's fashion and it's, it's gender play to a certain degree as well, based on like how the proportions of blazers when it comes to men and women and the sizes and stuff like it almost as you go clockwise around the look it gets more feminine or you know it's like a fun way of yeah i mean the the fitted side on the right of her well as we look at her anyway it's perfectly tailored to her like more feminine shape and then the right side is that straight up and down like very 90s uh suit cut and i think regardless of whether she told that story or not it's still something we've never seen on the show. It's still incredibly high camp and it's still incredibly fashionable. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I always have a bias towards like camp and concept over fashion. Like obviously I like the fashion ones as well, but like that's why I love a queen like Jan because it's always, it's always a camp concept. Finally, Silky then biker chick silky well, like a shiny silvery iridescent bodysuit with a helmet and a black uh, jacket and boots last week we had a local drag queen here miss taken on who exposed the production because head on they edit out a questionable wig line but from the side, you, they could don't edit it out, and I noticed that they did it again this year. Even even down to backstage and in untucked and everything, they had like blurred the the wig line and everything. So I just wanted to bring it up again. Uh, yeah, this I don't know. Like she was on such a good run with her looks. I don't know why. I don't know how this made the cut. Um. Yeah, same. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna start by saying, I think. She interpreted the theme correctly. She heard, okay, Bad Girls Club. I'm going to do Plaid because it's in the name. And I'm going to do, like, Biker Chick, Bad Girl, like, realness. It does look very thrown together. To me, I think the comments about the runway were probably very fair, you know, because to me, it looks like she said, well, I've got these boots and I've got this jacket and I've got this dress and I'll cut a bit of the fabric off the dress and put it on a helmet. Like if she'd come down like with the helmet on or with, mm. you know, there was more to it, like it could have been very camp, but it just all seemed a bit like wet lettuce. 
unfortunately. <laughs> and I don't like lettuce. <laughs> and I don't like it wet. The... <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> also, like, you know, like you were talking about earlier with the roast, it's hard to keep doing things that are new and something that hasn't been done before. And like almost every season now, there's a helmet of some sort. Um yeah, I did one. So did Sminty. Yes, you're and right. Pepper had one as well. <laughs> Pepper had one that she never used, and I was like, "For Christ's sake, <laughs> will someone just like <laughs> so add some inspiration to to all of us?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, I think that yeah, she also falls victim of that too. Uh, so Victoria and Silky are in the top. Raj and Vanity are in the bottom. Like we've kind of already said, that you could have argued to put Rita in there, but I think we're we're, we would agree with, with that decision overall, unless you feel otherwise. There's only five of them. I yeah. would have, I could have put all three of them in the bottom and just had two tops. Yeah. Fair. At this point. Um. Then they have like the, it felt like incredibly tense, you know, conversations being had backstage. Uh, you know, the, obviously Raja and, and Vanity were doing really well in the competition. There was a big conversation about representation and how Silky and Vanity and Raja kind of have each other's back and Silky feels in this really awkward position now where Victoria has this alliance with Anita, but also Raja O'Hara is Raja O'Hara. And I, I, I was actually thinking in a, in a competition like this... Did, when it wait, comes... sorry. Did you say that Victoria had an alliance with Anita? Sorry, Vanity. I might have said right, Anita, okay. did I? I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's gone well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not the lines, but you know, because they're season three sisters, so with yeah. Vanity. Um But it is hard to say, like, if Vanity and Raja have the same track record in this competition. What do you base it on? I fear people ultimately will base it on the fact that Raja has a better track record prior to the competition. And that's yeah. difficult. That must be difficult for the Queens outside of the US because Yeah. I mean it's hard because essentially You've got two people voting out two people who were on their same seasons. Yeah. Do you go with those alliances because you are from the same place, from the same season? Or if the track record's the same and you've got that dilemma, do you then have to base it on something else? Do you think, okay, we've got two more episodes left. Who do I want to be in the against in the finale? Is this where it starts to get tactical? Mm-hmm. And we'll find out... Um, next episode when they re- reveal who... Well, do you think they will reveal the... I think they're going to for the drama. Come on now. They've <laughs> got to. Like, because, you know, if, if they reveal and Silky's chosen Raja to go home and Victoria's chosen Vanity, think of the absolute chaos that would ensue. Because at this point, you've got, like, next episode's a semi-final. Yeah. So there's, what, one more person to go? Yeah. After this? No. For, for a final person. four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for a final four, yeah. So yeah. it's like... Who maybe you get rid of the person who thinks the biggest threat to you in the final? Like I think th- I think they've voted along country lines. I think Silky mm. is eliminating. Vanity, I hope not, just for the drama. And I think Victoria is eliminating Raja. <laughs> if you and Baby get the call for Philippines versus the world <laughs> season five, <laughs> um, would you be able to eliminate your 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 I mean, sister? It, it, to be honest, if we were in this exact same position. And, you know, they're the same track records and it was the same thing, me voting out Baby and say, I don't know, 
let's keep Silky and Raja in there just for the example. Like, I don't know what I'd do because, I mean, I personally wouldn't want to lip sync against Baby in a final. So, yeah, maybe I'd be like, sorry, babes, off you pop. I don't like, I can't call it. Like, I think at this point, with so many factors that are like leveling out who to choose. You know, I think, you know, it might get in people's brains, you know, maybe I need to start being sneaky, sneaky. Because <laughs> it has been a very fair season. Some seasons when they vote people, like, it's just who whoever's done the best so far, gone, gone. Um, so, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is now where the turning point happens. But also, like, surely you'll have to think about yourself. You know, if you kick out Silky... You know, you you don't you won't have to see her around as much as you see baby. Do you know? So like when it like when in, when it's True. all in the same country, it's like well we're all in the same network and we're going to see each other. If it's international, you'd be like see you later, Anita. I'm not going to see you until I'm done. <laughs> do you know that sort of way? So I think that comes into play as well. You have to look after yourself. Yeah, I think this week's probably would have been the hardest elimination. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it was the hard. It, like as a viewer. I definitely felt like God. I don't like Hot none choice, of these yeah. don't need to go home yet. Like it doesn't feel right for anyone to go home at this point. I don't know. I if Rita was in that bottom, I think I would have pulled her lipstick. Would you? Yeah, just because I don't. I loved Rita on her first season, um, and I thought she was really great. And I thought, you know, it was probably going to be quite close, and she could have legitimately won that season. Canada versus mm-hmm. uh, Canada won. Um, but in comparison from then to this, I feel like she's sort of been not coasting, but like she's not done as well as I'd hoped she would. I think Rita's the only one I think is definitely not going to win. Okay. In, if I think about it logically, I think it would make zero sense. Um, And it depends who goes next episode. But, you know, I kind of don't like these lip sync for the crowns. Me too. Me just too. because I feel like some a lot of the time... Like, obviously, if you've got there, you're deserving because you've made it to the end. But sometimes the person who's maybe slightly further up doesn't get the crown they deserve. Um, The one that the overall fan base maybe would enjoy the most is probably Raja or Victoria. As, As a winner, I think Silky's been great, but she's a little bit rough around the edges with some things. Whereas I think Victoria and Raja are like quite polished in pretty much everything. So I think they'd be great. Um, And, you know, Vanity could pull every stunt in the book and win, maybe. I don't know. The thing with the lip sync smackdown for the crowns is... Hi, Victoria Scone says hi and wants to know what you're talking about. We're talking about who we think can win. Oh, this this one. That's, no, who's that's who that's we want it. to win. <laughs> We're all agreed. Sorry, for those of you listening at home, Tia just walked into the shop on FaceTime with Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Bixie, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss this episode. Uh, will I see you at DragCon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're coming. That's I'll be yes. there. I'll be there. Yeah. Come and say hello. Um, well, I am on booth E115, I believe. Which is along the pink boulevard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Glamazon it's Boulevard, isn't Glamazon it? Glamazon Boulevard, sorry. Yeah. I, I get confused because sometimes I think it's, uh, it's Covergirl Way. Um, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, uh, Superstar Road or whatever. Um, 
<laughs> but yes, I'm I'm gonna be there. Uh, I'm very excited for DragCon actually. Um, my booth is going to be uh, middle finger to nice. certain sections of the fan base. <laughs> Okay. But I won't say that too. People have to go to see. And yeah. uh, your tour dates in the UK, are there tickets left for any of those? Well, if you're in London, you can see me at the Clapham Ground on Thursday. Uh, and I'm also coming to Nottingham, Sheffield, Southampton and Brighton the week before Christmas. Um, other than that, babe, see you at DragCon or just around and about. Thanks again to Pixie for joining us. Like I said, I really enjoyed having that conversation with her. And uh, yeah, she really shared uh, her, you know, her emotions with us, which I really appreciate. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with the final recap of the year. Canada's versus the world won't actually finish till Christmas Eve, so I won't be doing an episode then. So next week will be our finest episode, final episode of Canada versus the world and our final recap of the year. But our last episode will be just before Christmas where James and I sit down and discuss sort of our years doing this podcast together. So that's going to be a special episode so you can look forward to that. So stay tuned to your feed. Stay tuned to Instagram at sissy.pod and we'll talk to you really soon. See you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.